0: Welcome back to the Coach Paul Show, and happy summer to many of you, all the students enjoying your free time, or maybe the teachers, uh, or maybe you're a parent and you have your kids home with you a little bit more than usual. Hopefully you're enjoying the time together as a family, the traveling, and so forth. So I'd like to quickly shout out the amazing guests we've had in the past few weeks, and thank you, of course, to the loyal listeners who have given me feedback about the show, taken the conversations deeper with me offline, and shared your favorite insights. I really appreciate that. So I know the summertime is kind of equivalent to switching off your brain to many people that I know, students and coworkers alike, at least switching off more mentally and maybe engaging yourself more physically during all this free time and the late summer sunsets. If you take 20 minutes out of your week to be here to become more educated, more engaged, then I truly think you're ahead of the game and crushing life right now. As I say this, I must admit, I sit before you a little pooped. Can I say that on the air? Sure. Uh, I am very tired from sometimes when you travel a lot. I've been in my bed maybe once in the last 12 days. But a lot of travel, you're off your routine, you're go, go, go all the time. You're like, okay, I need a break from my break. That's kind of where I am right now. My parents and I just spent the past week in Costa Rica. Really recommend traveling there. It's a beautiful country. If you're thinking of going and actually want to chat about it, do not hesitate to reach out. I can give you guides, names, uh, watching out for the interesting roadways. Let's just say there's some pothole issues. But one of my favorite parts of returning home from a vacation is when your friends ask you about a trip and you can kind of reflect back, and relive those highlight moments again and again. So each time a new friend asks me, I'll try to come up with a different way to talk about it. Another memory or a little detail pops up, and sometimes reflections go deeper, so you don't repeat yourself every time. So after about my third friend asked me, my third reflection of the Costa Rica trip, I realized something that was so remarkable about the country was that I barely saw anyone using a cell phone. I know I was just there for a week. It's a small sample size, I know. But kids, like teenagers, were playing soccer with each other. They were biking, surfing, chasing after chickens and dogs. And it was very refreshing to see, very different. We got there on a Saturday night, and adults would just pour into local restaurants and bars and hang out and chat. And I mean, it was just a good feeling atmosphere there. It felt like the whole country was one big family. It was interesting. People honked and waved at each other on their way to work as they recognized their friends. Most people, we found out, lived on like $20, $30 a day. Very modest at best villages and kind of almost shanty towns that they lived in. But the people worked hard. They ate good. And they placed a huge emphasis there on family and community. So if you ever want a fascinating series of books to read a fascinating series of books about people who live to be 100 years old or older consistently, you have to check out the Blue Zone books by Dan Buettner. So one of the areas that we went to, Nicoya, Costa Rica, is one of the five original Blue Zones. And it's really, it's not hard to see why people enjoy life and living there, even though they live in this poverty based on our standards in America, the Costa Ricans lean kind of into their Pura Vida or their Pura Vida, their pure life motto that they greet each other with. Like I mentioned, they eat good and it's cheap. They have a strong family connection. They live in a beautiful country that has like rainforest zones and beach. They stay active and they give elderly people a sense of purpose and leadership in the community. Americans, I feel like could learn a lot spending some time with beautiful people of Costa Rica. And thank you for allowing me that little sidebar, that little memory uh, reflection about my trip. I had to share, and I promise it ties into today's episode. Now, literally less than an hour ago, I walked in from a -a two-and-a-half-day cross-country field trip. We took our middle school cross-country team. By me, I mean uh, Mike Cinco and some of the other parent coaches. We went up to beautiful Cloudland Canyon State Park in the northwest corner of Georgia, We took about 16, 17 runners up there. We obviously ran some fun mountain trails. We did some waterfall hikes, swam in the waterfalls. Do not tell the park ranger we were in the waterfalls, but we had a blast of a time. And I will say yesterday, I walked, ran, all the activities I did got me the same amount of steps I did at my Kiwa Island Marathon in 2021. Hence, I'm feeling a little exhausted today but it's in the best way I feel very fulfilled and what we did at the beginning of the trip coach Cinco and I decided that this camp would be better served if every middle school cross-country runner put their cell phone in the back of his van and under lock and key the cell phones went including my own I had to put myself in the same mindset and my it's very difficult to do something that you are so attached to every single day But in my phone, went to the van, and for the next two and a half days, I maybe had it for seven minutes total. Rich Roll recently had a guest on his podcast talk about the obsession with devices. And he said something along the lines of, if you had a person who, first thing they did when they woke up in the morning was chugged half a bottle of wine, and the last thing they did at night, chug a half a bottle of wine, and then throughout the day, eight more hours of bottle of wine, they would probably be seeking some kind of help or maybe get an intervention from their family or loved ones. That's what he was getting at was the obsession people have at the beginning of the day, at the end of each day, and eight to 10 hours throughout the day of being on their devices. The obsession that many of us have, but nobody really talks about, or definitely they don't frame it in the negative light that's something like wine chugging and throughout the day has. So here we were, this group of mostly 13 and 14-year-olds, and then a few of their parents, plus myself and Coach Cinco. So here we all were, about 24 of us all together, in this beautiful setting, no TV, no phones, and it quickly became very easy to forget about the phones. And I realized that you're not always going to be in a situation where you can be so active with other people. You can go on these hikes, runs all together. You don't need a phone when you have 12 of your friends that are within 50 feet of you at all times. That's not how most days go for people. But still, I think the moral of the story was, do more things in your life where you can forget about your phone, and those are the things you're going to remember for a long period of time. So the question is, what are those things, and how can you kind of zoom out and take a big picture view of your life and figure out what really do I love to do? What are those phone forgetting moments that I can create for myself? So I bet you've guessed the theme of today's podcast is all about unplugging from your devices to recharge your life. Unplug to recharge. I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but stick with me for just a few minutes here and I will explain where I'm coming from In May of 2020, so this was like two or three months into the pandemic, when not a lot was going on for me or for a lot of people, their lives were being upheaved. They were finding maybe remote work where they didn't have any before. Teachers went into this remote teaching situation, and I was just getting into teaching at this time. I was actually subbing the day that the schools let out for the last day for quite a while. I came across a book called Digital Minimalism that Rory McElroy put on his top five books of 2019. And it is still to this day, one of the top five books I've probably read in the last five years, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And in the book, he suggests that you step away from social media, all social media for a month. And doing that is basically like forgetting about your phone for a month. Because besides the random phone call here or there, I'm not very active phone call person. Maybe you are. But besides that, I was not on my phone hardly at all in the month of May. No Snapchat, no Instagram, no Facebook, so on and so forth. It was life-changing. Highly recommend for anybody listening to this to try it. A month sounds like a lot, and I know that it is, but I do suggest do not cut down on that month. Stick to it. And I want to read you the top 10 insights that I found for myself after maybe it was mid-June at that point, after sitting with it for a little while of what this one-month hiatus from technology really gave me. Back then, I called it a digital detox. So these were my top 10 things from my digital detox in the May of 2020. So I learned who my real friends are. Not everyone makes an effort at communication when you take the convenience out of social media communicating, and it's okay to let your periphery friends go. Number two, I took long walks without my phone, didn't really need it, and I loved every minute of it. I watched birds, looked at trees, leaves, observed people, and I'm, I found I was way more aware of my surroundings. Number three is I found that I was the most present person during any conversation or usually in the room at any time. When you speak with people, you'll study their face and see how much facial movements contribute to conversation. I think this is something that kind of gets lost when you're thinking about your device or any moment or pause in the conversation. You start to get a little itchy and you reach out and grab for your phone this didn't occur when you didn't have a phone to grab for number 4 getting news about current events or re- is way better when you obtain this news from friends and family and you know you kind of get their filter their like how they view it instead of you know getting blasted by CNN or insert your favorite daily news network here number 5 the first two days of this 30 day detox were really tough but the remaining rest of the month it was so happy and probably the least stressed i've been in recent memory number six i intentionally lived with focus of self and not of others not saying that i was selfish but it just gives you a time to kind of reflect on what's important to you who you are right now and where you're trying to go with your life it was very liberating number seven I sought out more face-to-face social interactions to kind of fill the gap of social media. Yes, there are times of, we'll call it um, isolation, not loneliness so much, but solitude. And you do want to have some face-to-face time. And back porch beverage sipping with your friends is way better than anything that you can get from Snapchat or Instagram. Number eight... I did an old school thing here. I bought a book of stamps, yes, and mailed letters to my family, friends. It's a little bit interesting getting a letter in the mail from your, from a family member in this day and age. But I thought it was a nice old school thing to do and everyone really appreciated it. So that was fun. Number nine, I try to fix or build or do a new landscape project about once a week. And it's surprisingly satisfying I know I sound like an old retiree, like doing his gardening, but that was one of the highlights of my month of May back then. And number 10, I came to the conclusion that social media should only be used in your life to support what you truly value. So for me, that's running and coaching. So my Coach Paul Instagram page is filled with just things that support that mission of what I I want to be a better coach, so I want to be on the cutting edge of what's the latest in shoe technology, what's the latest in recovery technology, that sort of thing. If you do not value the device, but you use the device to support what you value, that is probably the biggest takeaway of how to approach cell phone usage in a more healthy manner that doesn't just have to be your wine-guzzling 30 minutes uh, a day at the beginning and at the end. And I did ask my group of high school students this past year to tell me what their screen time was. Most of them had screen time turned on and it ranged anywhere from three hours a day to uh, the high end was like 13 or 14 hours a day. If you were to Google search right now, how many hours a day that the average American spends on their screen the global average is six hours and 58 minutes, and the average American is very close to that, seven hours and four minutes per day. So if you divide your day, your 24-hour day, into three separate eight-hour buckets, you usually have eight of those hours as sleep, eight of those hours as your, we'll say, work play, uh, work or education, so school, um, and then the final... Eight hours could be anything you want, a lot of it is obviously seven of those hours are screen time for most people, but think of before screens even existed. Those eight hours could be spent pursuing or getting better at something that you love to do, that bring you joy or meaning or purpose. Remember, I'm not saying that all cell phone usage is bad or all devices are inherently evil. What I'm trying to say is to use your device to help magnify what you already love. We live in a beautiful day and age. It's a very convenient time period of our existence as humans where we can learn so much about something that we're curious about through YouTube videos, through long-form podcasts, through books. I hope there's still people out there that read books But I do want to also say, I recognize that a lot of this extra eight hours that I'm almost saying is like a free time, I know there are lots of things that call to us during that time besides screens, caring for younger children, driving people around, preparing food, uh, cooking a meal for 20 plus people, the amount of Food preparation and cleanup does take a considerable amount of time, as I was just in the cross-country cabin spending the days and nights with 24 people in a 4,000-square-foot old-school lodge. That was quite the experience, let me tell you. I recognize that time is very valuable, but I just want to make people more aware of their device usage, and is this really the best use of my time? Is what I'm using my device for the best use of my time? And reflecting back on that month of May 2020, these past two or three days without my device, really brought me back to that time of my life, of a time that I was more connected to who I wanted to be. And although, like I said, it made me sound like I was selfish, really, I found that, I want to help people more and connect more. And what I was doing as a golf coach, I was getting some of that, but I was feeling slightly unfulfilled in that I would only see people for a 30 minute golf lesson. And I was only really involved in that little sport part of their life. That's when I made the transition to become a full time school teacher. I could see kids for a longer period of time. I could get into the coaching. I had the cross country. I could coach these kids for two or three years at a time. Some of the golf students I had, I would only see them maybe, you know, once or twice. The longer ones I had a good relationship with. But school teaching and coaching has brought much more fulfillment to my life. And having that time to step away from the device really made that clear for me. And so it's very valuable, although it seems like, oh, you're stabbing me in the heart. I got to put this device away for how long? It really is a refreshing, stress-free, okay, you have you don't have to worry about what other people are doing if you don't know what's going on. It sounds strange and maybe it hurts a little bit to think of it that way, but beautiful way to live. I encourage you to go away from your device right now. If you're listening to this, then, hey, you're using your device for a good, clean purpose right now, to become educated. That's always a good use of a device. But go outside, go play. If it's raining, then read Digital Minimalism or go read a Blue Zone book or something that maybe you have, um, you're have. you into cars. Go read a, a book about, uh, maybe a fiction book about someone who's into cars. I think you'll find it much more substantial than anything you can get from your phone. Go gain that clarity unencumbered by your phone of who the best version of yourself could possibly be. If you want to recharge, sometimes you have to unplug. That is it for me this week. I'm going to go try to meet a few co worker friends at the Connie house and make a few phoneless memories this evening. So, as always, thank you so much for taking the time and being with me this week. Go be the light for someone else. Go be the light for yourself. Until next week.